0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With a half-empty house in attendance on Christmas Eve, our beloved look to avoid being the first to lose to the Browns in 2017 and end the home schedule with a much-needed win did the Bears get the job done or should we hide the razor blades all of this plus bear up and bear down on the week 16 review episode of the Chicago Bears review If only they could all be that easy. And here's to hoping that one day, sooner rather than later, they all will be. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week 16 review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And uh, it is still Christmas for about three more hours. So Merry Christmas, uh, everybody. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy uh, Hanukkah and everything in between. Happy Boxing Day or Boxer, whatever the hell it is, to our Canadians and. Uh, whatever you know so happy holidays how about we just ball it all up happy holidays and uh, you know hope everybody enjoyed the holiday everybody was safe and uh, got a lot of food and got a bunch of uh, crap they don't need but they wanted you know it's all about needs and wants and during this time of year uh, you want to get what you want more than what you need and uh, you know I got some things I wanted and a few things I needed so it was a good holiday good holiday and uh, got what I wanted on Sunday which was for the Bears. <laughs> I didn't just want the Bears to win. I wanted them more, more than anything, not to lose to Cleveland. You know, and obviously, winning would, you know, winning and not losing is the same thing. But you guys know what I mean when I say that. I I wanted more so for the Bears not to lose to Cleveland, um, and they did not yesterday. Thank God in heaven. And uh, you know, for the most part, they uh, they, they kept us uh, nervous. For the first 30 minutes of the game the first and second quarter were were very close and uh six to three halftime score and then the third quarter the bears kind of blew it open and then coasted uh through the fourth quarter uh for the most part so um you know they they eliminated the uh the suspense in the third quarter uh but they did well to uh to keep us all uh you know, to get the, get the cyanide out, to keep the razor blades close, to keep the guns loaded uh, so that we could all just end it if the Bears were to be the first team to lose to the Browns in 2017. So uh, thankfully that did not happen. Uh, so every, all of those uh, weapons of mass destruction stayed wherever they were and we enjoyed the rest of our holiday. So the Bears go to 5-10, and 10, Cleveland now 0-15 with a matchup against um, – Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh on Sunday. The only thing keeping them from an owen sixteen record. And here's the thing. Pittsburgh's playing for home field. They've locked up the bye week, but they're playing for home field. They're going to be playing to win, um, because New England has to win in order to keep home field. Um, so at least, you know, for the first bit of those games on Sunday, uh the Steelers and the and the um Patriots got something to play for going into that thing. They're playing for home field uh, advantage throughout the uh, playoffs because those teams have locked up the buy going into the last week. Uh, they want to spend the playoffs at home. So um, that does not bode well for the Browns uh, with the Steelers coming into the game with something to play for. So uh, they are staring down the barrel of 0 and 16 with uh, nothing other than a great deal of restraint from the Steelers, keeping them from it. So, uh we'll see how that all uh, pans out uh for them but um you know you'll hear me say this in the knee-jerk reaction i believe the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction so i'm gonna go ahead and spoil that for you now but watching this game on sunday it, it was it was deja vu is what it was i think i even tweeted about it as well It was only one of the only tweets i had during the game uh this week was um you know the the browns seem like a team that should be doing better for the most part We'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along here. But they are a team that also, much like the Bears, and that's where the deja vu thing comes in, can't get out of their own way. Uh, A lot of what happened yesterday uh, were self-inflicted. I mean, two of their best drives ended in turnovers yesterday. Um, You know, the Bears, I think, put together only one decent drive, and that decent drive had like a 30-something yard uh, pass interference penalty or something like that. Uh, in it yesterday, so I mean the the Bears. Uh, I mean defensively, Cleveland played very well. You know they sacked Trubisky five times. He was under constant pressure. Jordan Howard only had two yards of carry yesterday. Twenty two carries for for forty four yards. He got two stinking yards of carry uh yesterday. I mean the the Browns are legit on defense. It's just if they could avoid the mistake. Well, you know they're legit on defense. They are horrendously bad on offense. Aside from a few a uh, few good plays uh, in the first quarter, where they ran the ball fairly well, and it was kind of something that made me nervous throughout the first half, was Crowell and Duke Johnson getting five yards here, six yards there, kind of thing in the early going. Um, aside from that, their pass game is terrible. Um, Deshaun Kaiser, he's a rookie, so I don't know where everybody keeps bashing him because he's turning the football over. He's a rookie quarterback on a bad football team. That's what's going to happen. I mean, I know that Trubisky is also a rookie quarterback on a bad football team, but he's also got an offensive coordinator who's keeping him as restricted as humanly possible, keeping him from making those mistakes and 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 whatnot. Hugh Jackson, on the other hand, who is the play caller for the Cleveland Browns right now, is calling plays to try to win football games, trying to, to you know to to strike downfield like he did when he was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. So that's gonna you know load you up to to make more mistakes when you're taking more shots downfield and uh, trying to be more aggressive offensively than the Bears have ever been uh, throughout this year. So the fact that, um, you know, the fact that uh, Trubisky's, you know, doing better in the turnover department, it's it's a night and day situation. I mean, both teams are – both guys are playing on bad football teams. They're rookie quarterbacks with, with very little uh, offensive weaponry around them. But, um, you know, I, I believe the, the lack of mistakes has more to do with uh, – how restricted Loggins and Fox are being with Trubisky uh, than it is about Trubisky just being that much better uh, than Kaiser. All due respect to Trubisky, I, I believe he's he is legit and he is the future. I'm just saying that Kaiser isn't as bad as people are making him out to be. He's the starting quarterback on an 0-15 team. And, you know, aside from some help on the ground from Crowell and, and Duke Johnson, you know, Josh Gordon just came back a couple of weeks ago. Aside from that, you know, in Joku, the tight end, there's nothing much left after that. I mean, and, and there's only so much that they can do when your opponents can shut those guys down and they put it all on you. And you're the one that's got to go out there and make the place uh, for your team. So, um, you know, I think it's unfair, the treatment that, that Kaiser has gotten. And, um, you know, I think in a better situation, he wouldn't be as bad as he's been, obviously. So, um, he's more than likely going to lose his job to whoever the Browns take with the number one overall pick, which they clinched yesterday with their loss. Uh, so even if they win on Sunday against Pittsburgh, uh, the worst that anyone else in the league is going to do is the Giants, who have two wins right now. They're 2-13 and 13 going into the last game of the season. Obviously, they're not going to have fewer wins than, than Cleveland. So for the second year in a row, the Browns have locked up the number one overall pick. And it will most likely be a quarterback um, based on their needs. And they also have the fourth or fifth pick in the draft, depending on where the Texans land, thanks to the trade for Deshaun Watson. And, um, you know, they could easily pick up a Saquon Barkley or another wide receiver or maybe even an offensive tackle to help out that line and maybe have an heir apparent for Joe Thomas, who's not getting any younger. So. Anyway, this is not the Cleveland Browns review. This is the Chicago Bears review. And, uh, you know, despite all things, the Bears played well enough, and they won yesterday. So, I mean, that's what we're here to talk about. So let's go ahead and slide into the uh, first quarter knee-jerk reaction uh, where my uh, where I started uh, filing down on my fingernails because I have a bad habit of, of biting my fingernails. And uh, during the first quarter and even into the second quarter, uh, I was doing plenty of that because this game was way closer than I liked it to be in those first 30 minutes.
2: Yep. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Browns, and... It's a football game between a 0-14 team and a 4-10 and 10 team, so not a lot of fireworks, as you would expect. With the last drive on offense for the Bears in the first quarter was a touchdown drive started off by a decent return from uh, Tariq Cohen on a punt return, where it looked like he was in a fair catch situation. Uh, the defender basically goes running right by him, because he has to let Cohen catch the ball. Tariq runs it up for, for a good chunk of yardage, and the Bears are able to move the football uh, down the field and finish things off in the red zone with a short yardage touchdown from Jordan Howard. However, uh, the extra point was blocked uh, on Mike Nugent. Uh, Nassib, the defensive end for the Browns, got a finger on it, so it is six to 6-0 uh, for the Bears' Over the Browns thus far, uh, Kaiser has not been able to do anything offensively. Uh, they ran the ball pretty well during the first drive, but as you know, have since you know the Bears have been suffocating the the, the run game uh, in the uh, first quarter. So um, the Bears have the football right now. They have a six 0 lead, and hopefully that missed extra point in the first quarter will not come back to affect the game. So if the rest of the game goes the way the first quarter did, um, should be a Merry Christmas for us Bear fans.
1: Notice how I keep using words like if and maybe and sort of and things like that when talking about the outcome of this game. It was, you know, a little early and just a little too close uh, to be talking in absolutes, uh, especially when it comes to the way the Bears have played from time to time. And, And as against seemingly lesser opponents, you know, like a couple of weeks ago when we were at home against the 49ers, that was supposed to be a game that we won Uh, easily considering how the 49ers were playing coming into uh, that football game thus um, you know the the further we get away from that loss the you know the 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 less it looks like a bad loss because that game was the first of four straight wins that the 49ers have had and that was the closest game that they've been in since then so um, you know, they, they went off and, and they've won three straight since then, including beating the division champion J- uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, yesterday, rather convincingly, 44 to 33. So, I mean, this is a team that is trending up in an uh, unbelievable way. And, and the transformation they've been on since beating the Bears four weeks ago has been pretty, pretty insane that, uh, you know, 2018 could be a very interesting year, especially in the NFC West with Seattle out there with the way the Rams are playing right now. And you also have the Seahawks. I already mentioned the Seahawks, but you got Seattle, you got San Francisco trending up. You got the Rams out there, the Cardinals. You can't, uh, kind of, you, you know, you can't sleep on the Cardinals because Arians is out there and that guy is basically a genius. So we'll see how things get interesting out there, uh, next year, especially if the, the 49ers continue to trend upwards, uh, as they go into 2018. But, um, in the second quarter, you know, uh, things did not get any better for the Bears or, you know, or for Cleveland, for that matter. I mean, we, we, we got a, a look at, uh, you know, the Bears putting a touchdown drive together. That was good to see. We did get some help in, in the form of an unsportsmanlike penalty from Cleveland to help keep that drive going. And, uh, you know, in, in the second quarter, um, the Bears were able to kill a, a promising looking drive for Cleveland uh, with an interception. Um, but, uh, you know, still ended up giving up a field goal just before halftime to make it 6-3 to three at the half and, and, you know, just make you that much more nervous going into the second half of this game to the point where I was at my dad's house for the holiday. Uh, he mentions over to me, like, we're going to lose this game. <laughs> it's just they just had that feeling that we're not taking advantage of this. Obviously, the Browns are not a good football team, and still, they're in this thing way more than they should be at this point considering the way that their defense or excuse me their offense has been playing i mean they've served up opportunities for us to try to put them away uh kaiser throwing that interception on their best drive in the second quarter uh and what have you and still we allow them to kick a field goal just before the half uh to make it a situation where anything could change the course uh, of the football game
2: Major yeah. reaction reaction the second quarter the Bears and the Browns and it is about what you'd expect from two teams combined for four wins at this point in the season uh, no team really taking control uh, of the football game uh, you know but each of them showing flashes that they are actually NFL franchises so, I mean Cleveland put a decent drive together but Deshaun Kaiser did us a favor and threw his 20th interception uh, when he was trying to hit uh, Gordon down the, down the sideline, and instead hit a wide open Kyle Fuller in the end zone uh, for the touchback. So. Um in the second quarter, Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the uh, for the Lions, for the Browns, has been a lot better dialing up pressure, uh, sending multiple guys after Trubisky and getting the sacks that have been drive killers uh, for the Bears. So uh, the, the thing that, that's bothering me the most is that in these conditions, we're not trying to run the ball more. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, virtual ghosts uh, in the first half. We seem to be wanting to throw the ball more. It's kind of like last year, that game against San Francisco, and it was snowing cats and dogs and you know Barkley's back there throwing it 40 times in the game and kind of thing it's like I don't really understand what the, what the what the what the deal is there so I think maybe we need to try to run the ball some more get get Howard and Cohen going in the second half take the ball out of Trubisky's hands to you know lessen the opportunities for making a mistake in this weather cuz the ball keeps coming out of his hand funny from time to time and that's something that's going to lead to an interception and when the game is 6 to 3 like it is right now the Browns just kicked the field goal right before half one mistake could change the outcome of the game so the Bears start with the football we have a 6 to 3 lead and let's see if we can hang on
1: Good news and bad news going into the third quarter. The bad news was I was absolutely right that a uh, turnover could change the course of the game. The good news is it went for the Bears instead of against us. I mean, it was a nightmare scenario because here we are six to three. The Bears have the football to start the second half. Trubisky drops back to throw the ball. He, He tries to throw a little dump pass over the middle of the line over the middle of the field there. It gets tipped. Picked off by Miles Garrett and run back for a touchdown. And it was like, oh, Christ, I just said it a minute ago. It's like, what did I just say? One play, one mistake could change the outcome of the entire football game. And here we are, a play, maybe two plays into the first half. And there it is. There it is right there. That could change the momentum of everything. And then it turns out there was a flag on the field.
2: Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Browns. And thanks to two gifts from Cleveland, um, the Bears are up 20-3 to heading into the fourth quarter. The first gift happened almost immediately at the beginning of the second half. A tipped pass on Trubisky was taken back for a touchdown by Miles Garrett. Turns out that uh, Nassib, the guy that blocked the extra point earlier in the game, had about half a body length off sides, so it got called back. Back to the ball. I mean, the ball goes back to the Bears. Four plays later, Jordan Howard runs in his second touchdown of the football game, and the second gift happening just before the end of the third quarter. The Browns, their best drive of the day, look like they're closing in on their first touchdown. Um, the guy picks, a, catches the Pat Higgins, I think his name was, gets up. He's running it in. Guys are flying past him because of the slick field. Uh, Danny Trevathan gets his hands on him, and he's going after the football. And then Akeem Hicks comes from out of nowhere and drills them straight into the ground, fumbles the ball into the end zone, recovered by Prince and Mucamera. And just like that, the Browns went from having, like, first and goal inside the five to being first and ten at the 20 for the Bears. So uh, the Bears added a touchdown, a second touchdown uh, in the fourth, third quarter. A, uh, a four-yard uh, quarterback draw from Trubisky to make it 20 uh, to three, and we are well in control going into the fourth quarter. We have the football now and a 17-point lead in against the worst team in football. So, um, you know, call me crazy. Knock on wood. Uh, looks like we're gonna complete our sweep of the AFC North in 15 minutes time. <laughs>
1: That is how much faith I have in the Bears. A 17 point lead against a team, maybe averaging 13 points a game, and I still can't say, We got this, bitch. It's done. We're the winners. We got it. I'm like, Nah, maybe, hopefully, knock on wood, kind sir, please, football gods, don't take this from us. We want to win. You know, it's just, that's how badly the Bears have scarred and wounded me this year is that I can't come out and say against the friggin' Browns with a 17 point lead heading to the fourth quarter, I can't just say, we got this it's done we're winning you know I I felt more confident obviously going into the fourth quarter against the uh, Bengals a few weeks ago than I did against the Browns uh, who haven't figured out how to win a game since December of last year Uh, so yeah there's that silliness uh, taking place but you know the third quarter was where the Bears broke the game wide open and the third quarter was where the Browns absolutely killed themselves they absolutely did I mean that, that touchdown by Garrett w- could have, I mean, it would have only made the game 10 to six at that point, but with the way that they were basically dominating the bears on defense, I mean, their defense, the, the Brown defense, you know, uh, dominating the bears offense. And, you know, maybe that would have given the offense a boost. They've got a lead. Now they've got to protect it uh, and so on and so forth. That, I mean, how much would that have changed the game? it really would have instead it's a flag you know the guy i mean i don't understand it happened like three times in the game that the uh, that the browns lined up offsides. i mean and both t- and all the i think it was only twice and both times it happened it was not even close there was another one it was on jabril peppers later on in the football game his whole body is offsides. his whole body he's practically standing on the side on standing on the line of scrimmage with the bears for Christ's sake, and he's still standing there. It's like, how can you not see? You know, there are literally like bear helmets in your field of vision. How do you not see your offsides? But this is what it's been like for the Browns. I mean, these are the kinds of mistakes we sit there and we watch the Bears make all year long i mean with the vikings coming up it automatically makes me think of what would the game have been like what would the outcome have been if there was no holding penalty on jordan howard's touchdown run what would have been like if there was no holding penalty on that deep pass to trey mcbride that would have gotten us inside the red zone there's at least seven points that we lost on the howard touchdown and at least three that we could have had on the mcbride uh pass and that that ten points would have won us the game against minnesota And there's several instances like that throughout the year this year. And, um, you know, that's been every single week for the Browns. They got off to a fast start a few weeks ago on the Lions, ran them for almost 200 yards against them. Hell, week one against the Steelers, they lost by a field goal, 21 to 18. Uh, You know, we talked about it with Josh Edwards in their first seven games. They lost four, four of those seven games by three points or less. And one of them was an overtime against the Titans. I mean, this is a team that's been right there all year long, and then something happens where they just keep coming up short for one reason uh, or another a penalty here, a turnover there, uh, and what have you. And, you know, the perfect example would be uh, just before the end of the quarter that kid Higgins, all he was doing was trying to make a play. I mean, your heart kind of goes out to him. The kid's just trying to make something happen. His team is down uh i I believe it was 20 to 3 at that point but still his team is down 20 to 3 they're desperate to try to get something to happen uh he catches a pass and he falls down gets up and starts running and when he's just trying to make that extra effort trying to get the ball close to the end zone if not into the end zone he gets tangled up with trevathan and then here comes a freight train named hicks comes in and just bowls them both over and when he does you know, Danny Trevathan wins the tug of war, the ball comes flying out, the Bears recover it uh, in the end zone. And like I said in, in the reaction, it went from being like first and ten inside the five to being first and ten Bears going back the other way. I mean, it was uh, definitely one of those things that if I wasn't a Bear fan, I would have been absolutely heartbroken for the kid. Like, wow, man. Just all he was doing was trying to make a play, and it just couldn't have gone more wrong than it did. I mean, the only thing that could have been worse is if he got himself hurt in the process. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that would have been worse than what actually happened. So it was a hell of a thing to just watch it happen several times that any time the Browns got close to doing something, boom, it would reverse itself uh one way or another self-inflicted wounds been the theme of the year for the bears how many times have i used that phrase that term over and over again self-inflicted wounds the bears beating themselves more than 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 their opponents beating them and you know i gotta honestly say i wouldn't call this a yeah but victory for the bears but there definitely was a lot more of cleveland losing the game than the bears winning it i mean if you go back you look at the box score it's not impressive it's not impressive 44 yards rushing for Trubisky. Um, Most of those were scrambling yards. I mean, he did have a couple of designed quarterback draws, but otherwise it was him breaking the pocket because the offensive line couldn't protect him. Uh, He only had 193 yards passing. He was sacked five times, didn't throw any interceptions. Thank goodness. Jordan Howard, 22 carries for 44 yards, but he did have the two touchdowns. Um, Cohen had two carries for nine yards. What a waste. And, um, you know, like I said, it was not impressive. Let's see if we can look at the the team stats here. Um, you know, it wasn't so impressive that, you know, 20-3 to kind of tells the story uh, of the game. It very much was Cleveland losing the game more than the Bears winning it because their defense played well enough to win. I believe I, – I can I think I can say that. I think that the Cleveland Brown defense, five sacks, only allowed 44 yards rushing to the, you know, number four rusher – uh in football um you know sacked the quarterback five times you know the only thing they didn't do was was create a turnover uh yesterday they did everything else they needed to do in order to win and actually they did create a turnover but they also took it away from themselves with a penalty so um it's just one of those things it's it's you know and it's all being done by by younger guys guys that have you know are out there playing you know they're the they're this is the, what the browns are trying to do and um you know, it it kind of makes you think that um, they might be a lot closer than people think to doing something. Just like Josh Edwards and I were talking when he was on the show last week. That um, you know, with uh, the draft capital, they have two top five picks coming up in this draft. Uh, they've got like 118 million in salary cap space, and they've they've got this foundation that they've built with Miles Garrett. Uh, they have a decent offensive line with or without uh, Joe Thomas, because the Bears only sacked uh kaiser once uh on sunday uh they did run the ball well at times uh, early on but uh you know when the bears started playing a bit harder on the run that's when things went sideways on the browns and like i said take away the run we put the ball in kaiser's hands he's going to serve us up and he did twice uh on sunday so um you know it was pretty even you know the bears 59 plays to 57 for the browns 258 total yardage for the Bears, 253 for the Browns. Both had 12 uh, 12 drives throughout the game. Um, The Bears 97 yards rushing, the Cleveland 75. The Bears 161 yards passing. That's after the the sack yardage was taken out of it. Trubisky threw for 198 uh, altogether. 178 passing for the Browns. But penalties, 8 eight penalties for 60 yards on the Browns, only four penalties for the bears and the three turnovers two Kaiser interceptions. And that kid's fumble uh, Higgins at the end of the third quarter. So that ended up being the major difference because time of possession was negligible. The bears were, were milking the clock and running it a bit more at the end. Uh, So it was a seven minute advantage, 33 to 27 uh, in favor of the bears. Um, But for the most part, it was even, and then it was the turnover. So the self-inflicted wounds, uh, the two bad Kaiser throws, uh, the one to Kyle Fuller uh, in the corner of the end zone, especially was bad. Uh, that made the real difference in the game. So we'll go ahead and play the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction, where I actually said a lot of the stuff I just said uh, just now, but uh, more about being happy that the Bears held on uh, to to move the the Browns onto 0 and 15. The Bears go into their final game next season, next season, next weekend uh, against the Vikings to see what the ultimate fate. Of this 2017 team will be yeah.
2: knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter. The Bears and the Browns, and the Bears hold on, 20 to three, the victory over the Browns, completing the sweep of the AFC North, and uh, you know showing that we are one and. Ten against the rest of the NFL this year, with that one victory coming against Carolina. So we are still a perfect 0-5 in the NFC North this year. So we have that to look forward to going into our matchup with Minnesota next week. Uh, Trubisky looked pretty good today. Uh, they tried to get Jordan Howard more involved to wind down the clock there towards the end uh, of the football game, but he had two touchdowns uh, in the ball game. So. Can't really complain. We got some turnovers out of Kaiser this week, and, uh, you know, just like I said, we kind of wanted to put the ball in his hands, and he would serve a few up for us, and he did. So the Bears were able to turn those uh, turnovers into points. It ended up being the difference uh, in the game. Really the only thing the Browns were able to do was early on was uh, to get after Trubisky. They sacked him four or five times today, but... In the end, it didn't really matter. Uh, the Browns stayed the Browns where they kept doing things to hurt themselves, uh, something that we've watched the Bears do many, many times this year. So it was kind of like – deja vu. It's like I kind of got a feeling for what it's like to watch a Bears game as a fan of the other team. But like, Jesus, these guys just kill themselves left and right. And that's what the Browns did today, making it a rather easy chore uh, for the Bears to walk away with their fifth victory of the season. So we move on to the merciless season finale next week against Minnesota. Wrap this 2017 season up and move on to the next era of coaching for the Bears because John Fox has got to be done.
1: Or so one would pray or hope or think or anyone who's got a logical uh, brain between their ears. Uh, you got to you got you to gotta think the Bears have to be moving on. You know, I, I don't care what anything that I've said in defense of the Bears has nothing to do with me wanting to keep uh, John Fox uh, going forward. We're just going to be spinning our wheels if we do. We, we'd be making a huge mistake um, the only thing that kind of makes you hesitant to do it was a report that I saw from Jay Glazer on Sunday just before the game talking about the number of jobs that may be available this year. It's like last year there were six, which is about the league average. There's about a turnover of about 20-25% of the coaches just about every single year uh, in the NFL. However, he's saying uh, there could be as many as 13 jobs open, 13-14 jobs open uh, after Black Monday, which is bananas, uh, basically you know it's like all the playoff coaches are safe, and then maybe like two or three guys after that, and then everybody else's jobs are up for grabs. Twelve teams make the playoffs, so that would be eight, 20, 20 teams that didn't, and yet fourteen teams are could possibly be looking for new head coaches um, come come next come Black Monday, a week from today, as a matter of fact. We could be uh, talking about uh, the Bears being in competition with how many other franchises uh, looking for head coaching opportunities. So it also it could be, it could, and it's a bad thing. It's a very, very bad thing because number one, it could having teams rushing the judgment. It also could put them in bidding wars with other teams paying a coach way more, which in the end could cause you to hang on to the guy longer because coaching salaries are guaranteed. So. We're going to be paying for two head coaches next year. If we fire John Fox, which we most likely will, he signed a four-year deal, so we're going to be paying him for that fourth year next year on top of this new head coach and his staff uh, next season. So that's something else to keep in mind. So if we get in a bidding war with somebody and have to, we you know have to pay somebody who isn't worth it, you know, six or seven million dollars to be our head coach simply because that's the price tag that won him we're probably not likely to to get rid of him if he isn't successful after a couple of years. Or maybe well just go ahead and pay the guy uh, instead of uh, you know paying him to sit at home we we'll make him earn his money and see if we can't get some wins out of him next year. It could be a snowball effect that makes things pretty ugly uh, for everybody this year. I mean, it, you could be reaching for guys that don't deserve the opportunity and more importantly, don't deserve the money that they're going to be getting uh, because of these possible bidding wars that could be taking place. Like I said, you could be rushing the judgment and hiring a guy that you weren't 100% sure of, but you would rather have him than let one of your rivals get him kind of thing. So, um, you know, especially considering that the Bears and most likely the Lions are going to be looking for head coaches uh, this season, you wouldn't want if, – if it comes down to, you know, the Bears and the Lions – you don't want that guy coaching against you. you know. If you wanted him, you don't want him in Detroit next year coaching against you and, and beating you when he could have been on your team beating them instead. So that's the kind of thing that could be happening out there this year. Hopefully it won't be happening to the Bears. Uh, if they do get into a competition with somebody for, you know, with the Lions over a head coach they both might be interested in. Um, you know, I just hope it doesn't happen so we don't have to have those conversations uh going forward. But if there could be that many job openings, oh man, that could get ugly in a hurry. Especially with, you know, you know, free agencies only two months away and, and uh people wanting to, you know, pounce on that to get everything set up and into place so we know who we want to target, how we're gonna spend that cap money, uh and and so on. So it kind of makes you nervous to hear that uh, more than twice the amount of jobs than usual may be available this year just because there's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL this this year and uh, a lot of unhappy owners to go along with it. So uh, we'll see how that all all changes. But, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't save John Fox because the Bears are, are afraid to, you know, to try to get into those murky waters and get into competition for somebody that they want. So... Hopefully they're confident enough that Trubisky and Jordan Howard, the pieces that we have on defense will be enough to lure somebody good to Chicago that help us, you know, get, uh, you know, help be a recruiter and bring in some other pieces and uh, to help mold the young guys that are going to come in this year or 2018 in the draft and uh, see what we can do and then try to make 2018 a a year uh, for the bears. Like it was for Philly and, and the Rams who are both playoff teams uh, with second year quarterbacks. So, you know, I'm hoping that year two, we'll be able to see a good leap from Trubisky, like we did from Wentz and Goff in their second years, uh, as starters. So anyway, you know, you heard me talk about it with the, the bears sweeping the AFC North, uh, we can officially declare ourselves the AFC North champions of 2017, because, we uh we beat all four of those teams and in rather dominant fashion for the most part we had our yeah but victories over pittsburgh and baltimore but we all know that um you know on the surface we played much better than those close outcomes would lead you to believe. and uh we definitely dominated cincinnati and we beat cleveland yesterday so you know we got a clean record for the second time in a row actually we swept the na afc north in 2013 as well i didn't realize that but we did we beat the steelers uh, and the Ravens in that ugly quagmire, you know, with that that game that had the two-hour rain delay. Uh, and if you guys remember that, and then we beat Cincinnati in uh, week one of that year for Trestman's first game as head coach, and then Cleveland, we went out there and beat them like week 15, week 16 of, of that season uh, as well. So you know, second time we've second time in a row that we swept the AFC North. So you know. Why not join that division? We'd probably kick some ass if we were AFC North team. Why not? You know, the hell with it. So uh, anyway, you know, it it ended up being a good win uh, for the Bears, uh, a good way to close out the home schedule, even though there were only about 35,000 in attendance for a place that holds uh, 61,000, probably having to do with the holiday, the weather, and being one of the worst teams uh, in football, all of those things working against the Bears for the crowd looking Uh, as sparse as it did but you know it uh, turned out the way that we wanted it to the bears got the victory Uh, they put it out of reach in the third quarter kind of cruised into the fourth and uh, you know made a merry christmas for us bear fans not having to explain to our family members what the hell happened how did you lose to the browns that was fun to go to my cousin's christmas party last night Talking about the Bears winning the game as opposed to all of us sitting there trying to figure out how you lose to Cleveland. So uh, that was nice. That made it for a very stressless Christmas on not having how to not having to have that conversation with my uh, my less educated uh, you know family members who who just know that the Bears lost or you know whatever to the Browns or they just happen to know enough about football to know that Cleveland sucks and that the Bears lost to them kind of thing. Thankfully, I did not have to have that conversation with them. So anyway, that will do it for the week 16 review. Why don't we go ahead and close this bad boy down with everybody's favorite segment. Bear up, bear down. bear up and bear down for the week 16 review and week 16 of the 2017 season um only got one bear down this week and when i sat down and i thought about it there was really only one that i wanted to give out um you know and it wasn't Dole Loggins. uh he was close um because you know like i said in the second quarter knee jerk reaction why are we throwing the damn ball so much but, again, you go back and you look at it, Cleveland was playing, playing the run pretty hardcore uh, and were very effective in stopping it. I think that one of the announcers said at one point that Cleveland led the league in tackles for loss against the run, like 80-something tackles for loss in the first, 15, first, first 14 games, and the next team below was like in the 50s or something, like 30 tackles better than, than the other team. So, you know, not so much a big surprise that they were as effective against the Bears on the run but uh would have liked to see the Bears run the ball a bit more than they were. But uh, so, I mean, Loggins kind of gets a pass uh, this week. However, I do have to get the Bear down to the offensive line. And I know it was a patchwork line. No Kyle Long, no Josh Sitton. Coronas Grassu is back out there. Cody Whitehair is playing guard. Uh, Bradley Sowell uh, was out, the, you know, was, was starting at... Uh, was starting at left guard and then had to move to right tackle when Bobby Massey got rolled up during one of the touchdown runs, things like that. I know that. However, Trubisky was under constant pressure. Uh, he got sacked five times. Jordan Howard only got two yards of carry in the football game. That's a bad, bad day. I don't think there was an offensive line, offensive lineman who probably graded out. Well, maybe white here. Anytime I noticed him, he was doing something awesome, but, uh, for the most part, I, I can't imagine that anybody's individual grade ended up turning out well uh, for the Bears on Sunday. And the fact that your quarterback was your leading rusher because he had to break the pocket to save himself—not good. So, uh, so bear down to the offensive line. Everybody else bear up uh, to Trubisky. You know, tied for the league or for the the team lead in rushing yardage, 44 yards and a uh, touchdown on a four-yard uh, quarterback sneak quarterback draw uh, in the third quarter. Um, no interceptions, uh, didn't throw any touchdown passes, but like I said, no picks, no turnovers, except for the one that was nullified. So he gets a pass on that one, lucky for him. Uh, the Browns are the Browns, and they saved him from the mistake that he made. But, uh, you know, otherwise he was efficient. Uh, 14 of 23, uh, the 198 yards, the no interceptions, and the rushing touchdown. So a fairly good day uh, for Trubisky. Uh, bear up to Jordan Howard. Uh, it was a tough day for him, only 44 yards on 22 carries. However, he did have the two touchdown runs, and the second one was more, was especially impressive because a couple of the Browns uh, trying to meet him in the backfield, he made a miss before running it in from about nine yards out. So you give Howard the, the bear up for the two touchdowns. Uh, bear up to Kyle Fuller. This is an interesting one because – This is a guy who was having a monster first half. I mean, he was having a fantastic, like, Pro Bowl-worthy first half of the season. And then in the Green Bay and Detroit games, he was a ghost. Did not look good in the game against San Francisco. And then it just, you know, kind of, he's been improving since then. He kind of won me back over. They had him on Josh Gordon all day yesterday, and he had an interception. He had six pass breakups yesterday He did really, really well yesterday. I mean, this is a guy that's probably uh, getting richer by the moment with the way that he's playing. He is going to be an unrestricted free agent because the Bears, uh, with no surprise with the way he played in 2015 and being out for all of 2016 with arthroscopic knee surgery, um, did not pick up his fifth-year option. So he's done with the Bears after this year. And if the Bears want to keep him, it's probably going to cost them quite a bit of money so um you know we'll have to wait and see what happens there uh, a lot of people say you don't let homegrown talent go i would argue with that i mean uh, Trubis, he's definitely somebody we want to keep but there's a price and there's got to be a ceiling for a guy like kyle fuller because he had a great year when it counted you know in on his way out the door he had a great year When guy, when when guys are hungry in that contract year they play out of their minds but when they're full and they got to that contract how do they play after that And makes you wonder, and uh, are we willing to invest that kind of money into a guy that has shown us that he ain't hungry? 2016, arthroscopic knee surgery, you were out all year? Really? Not showing a lot of hunger there, but showing that uh, you're going to be out on the street next year no matter what. You know, either an unrestricted free agent or, you know, even if you make the team. There was no guarantee Fuller was going to make the team. And then here he is putting himself into a position to make a lot of money in the free agent market and how much would the bears be willing to spend and how much is too much to hang on to him so that's the real question there but uh, nonetheless had an outstanding game yesterday against the browns and then finally bear up to nick wikowski who was all over the place yesterday led the team in tackles uh, made some really nice plays yesterday and uh, definitely making it a, a an easy choice for the bears to move on from Jarrell Freeman, who has been injured and can't seem to get himself, uh, you know, can't stop getting himself suspended uh, for PEDs. You know, he's serving a 10 game suspension. Luckily for the Bears, he can do that while he's on IR. But uh, this happened at midseason. So he still has two more games to serve in 2018 before he can play. Next year. Is that something that the Bears are willing to do, especially with Jarrell Freeman going into the third year of a three year contract uh, next season? So, interesting decision the Bears have to make. If it comes to who they can trust and who they can't, Kwiatkowski is the one that's been on the field. He came back from a similar injury. Uh, Than Freeman did, not as severe, obviously, but uh, was out for several weeks and then came back and, and played like we never like we never lost him. So Kudkowski playing like a guy that we can build on uh, in the future. Pair him with with Trevathan starting in, you know from day one next year. Uh, maybe draft or sign some depth to go behind him and uh, the mid the inside linebacker spot will be in good shape uh in 2018 definitely makes you feel like we'll be all right without freeman is as, you know, as good and special player as he has been in his tenure with the bears the guy just can't be trusted at this point and um you know he's also not getting any younger so anyway bear up to those guys and that will do it for the week 16 review episode of the chicago bears review come back on thursday when we will preview our matchup between the bears and the vikings to close out 2017. Our, uh, good friend, uh, Chris Gates from the Daily Norseman on SB Nation will be here to talk with us and, uh, See what, see what he feels about that first game Monday night with Trubisky making his debut. Um, You know, how much he believes those self-inflicted mistakes the Bears had affected the outcome of the game. Does he feel like about that game the way we do that had the Bears not made those mistakes, the outcomes would have been very different because the Vikings were not the Vikings yet. At that point, they were coming off of a loss. They were two and two that, that win against the Bears, sent them on like a nine game winning streak. Something like that before they finally lost a week or so ago. You know they were on uh, on pace. Uh, they won like at least there was the the Bears' win was the first of like seven. I think they were nine and two before they finally lost to Carolina a few weeks back. So you know it was uh, they they weren't uh, they hadn't quite found themselves just yet, and the Bears' win was the springboard to kind of push them along into the success that they've had this year. But uh, how close does he think maybe the Bears were were, were to winning? that game and it very much could have changed the the uh, trajectory for both teams uh this season so we'll talk to him about that on thursday so until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash
0: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way?